Welcome to What the Hex, your source for Warhammer Underworlds and under 30 defeats at the hands of your kids. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about the new starter set and introducing new players to Underworlds. Um, before we get going here, uh, some quick context for uh, when we're recording. It's about two weeks since the last Forsaken and Restricted list dropped, so hopefully you've had a chance to check those out, give them a try, see what you think with your new decks. Um, with us tonight to help us get that new player perspective, uh, we've got Aaron. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Excited to be on the podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Just, uh, fit it in on, on all your other guest spots on other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope, I, I hope we don't go too long. I do have a couple others later on. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll try not to keep you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as always, we have our couple couple things that we like to hit before we get to our main topic, and we can hear about Aaron's perspectives on this starter set. Uh, we'll start with some community shoutouts. Uh, Davey, have you got any community shoutouts? Yeah, I do. Uh, so, the idea of this episode is that it's going to be sort of a, a capsule. If you have somebody who's kind of thinking about getting in, or that you want to convince to get in, this is going to be something you can hand them. Like, here's here's what the deal is with Underworlds, and here's what the deal is with the starter set, and then they can make their decision with some extra information. Another good resource for that is uh, uh, John Wynn Reese's "Can You Roll a Crit" blog. He's got it pinned to the very top. Getting started with Underworlds. Uh, we will of course have the link in our show notes, but if you want to figure out where it is, like literally post anywhere on the internet that you're wondering how to get started in underworlds and it magically summons him and he like posts, he, he starts plugging his stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's yeah. usually like two posts in whatever, whatever forum it happens to be in and he'll, he'll figure it out and arrive and, and, uh, link it. So <laughs> he has been summoned. Yeah. Uh, there's one other one that I'm going to save for later cause it, it is not quite not quite fully spun up, but uh, Mandarga, you're working on your project on Reddit. I see you. We're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> talk more about what you what you got uh, in a little bit. So it's it's good stuff. More to follow on that. What about you, you got anything? Uh, just to go along with the getting started article from Can You Roll a Crit? Uh, I I believe I haven't checked in a while, but I believe uh, Well of Power, done by the same folks over at Path to Glory. Um, still has a compilation of a whole bunch of different resources for underworlds, um, different web pages, blogs, uh, pretty much anything you could want for the game, I think is still housed there. And yeah. so if you want a good, like <laughs> show me all the things, uh, that I, all the resources, um, that is a, a place to wade in deep. If you want to find all the information in one spot. Rad. Yeah. Well, I won't, I won't ask you, Aaron, <laughs> knowing, <laughs> knowing that you probably don't have any current community shout outs. Uh, but this, this next section maybe will be more applicable, uh, our, what the heck is going on with you section. So this is our section where we talk about any sort of, uh, hobbying or gaming that we're currently doing. So, uh, have you been up to anything? Yeah, latest obsessions, whatever game. Usually, we're usually we're doing Underworlds on this, but uh, why don't you fill us in with what what you guys uh, been jamming on? Well, we've um, so I have a household with uh, three boys, and uh, and I'm a teacher, so I'm home in the summer. So we usually start our mornings off with some sort of uh, gameplay, um, and uh, we're currently doing some. Uh, smash up which um, we played my oldest son and I played a long time ago and and he he's been referencing it and like I wish we like did it as like a you know try it out at the game store um, mm. and so uh, it was his birthday so I was like all right I'll, I'll pick this up this looks pretty fun and so we've been playing that a lot and um, and that has been that has been a lot of fun. Uh, but my my two twin sons are afraid to attack uh, my older son. <laughs> so I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Like he's so far ahead. Why are you still attacking me? And they're like, because Sal will get us back. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> so it's a little little frustrating. <laughs> awesome. How about you, Davy? 
for me, uh, it's been some prep. I, uh, in, in what can only be described as an act of desperation, uh, team England <laughs> recruited me for their, uh, team as a mercenary. Um, so I'll be, I'll be representing the, just in time for the 4th of July, I'm representing yeah. England. Uh, <laughs> um, it was, uh, no, it was, it was cool. Those guys recruit me. It was fun to, to like hop on and then like you could scroll up in the thread and they're like, how about this guy? No, he's not busy. How about this guy? Oh, he's for someone else. <laughs> like, like, I'm just, I'm just glad to make the, make the list though. So, uh, and I'll be, I'll be bringing, uh, Rippa's snarl fangs. So, oh, nice. uh, hanging out with those. Yeah. So well, you did well for the last team that you repped with Rippa's. So hopefully that lightning can strike twice. Yeah, we'll see. So. Yet, uh, one, of, you, one of the French teams is up first, so well, I think I've got a, uh, a Skaven matchup, uh, Rats, and I'm a little, I looked at it. It's weirdly, it's open lists, which I've never uh, seen before, so oh. uh, I know exactly the list I'm playing against, and it looks gross, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Interesting. Um, what about you, Phil? Cool. Uh, well, I've not been doing a ton with Underworlds other than running our local league, um, we had our second week there, um, been decent turnout so far, uh, considering, um, we've had five people show up each time. So that's pretty good. I feel, mm. <laughs> uh, and, and then also we are kicked off our, um, oh, what man, I am blanking right now, uh, <laughs> war cry league. So for folks who like doing some more narrative play, uh, in, in the Warhammer universe, that is a smaller game, um, kick that off as well at our local, uh, games workshop store. Um, and, uh, my understanding is that we're going to be doing a path to glory, uh, campaign series and at the same shop as well that I'm hoping to be able to participate in. So going to be nice busy in a bunch of different systems um, yeah and i think i heard uh paven and josh are thinking about uh starting up another season of uh dogs of war cry so they're oh my they're, goodness they're, <laughs> they're the uh planning phases for that uh wildly popular uh show so uh, yeah when we get uh, some more concrete we'll we'll uh let you know here as well yeah we'll we'll get people links i i, th- I know that there's at least in our discord there's lots of people who've sort of been bucking up you know, bugging them to be like, when are you going to record another episode? Yeah, totally. Uh, I think they might be one of, if not the only podcast for that game. So uh, guys, if you're listening to us, I think (laughs) give the people what they want, (laughs) but that should be good. Um, All right. So that, that'll bring us around here. (laughs) Uh, to to our overall main topic. Um, so the as I said, we're going to be talking starter set. We're going to be talking to Aaron, some of his uh, f- thoughts on the starter set as a, uh, a new entrant into the Underworlds. Um, just to get an idea of the overall view of the starter set itself, and then also just sort of talk through uh, learning the game and some of the sort of i don't know pitfalls uh, if you will of of mm. trying to figure this game out so uh yeah where before we, we start <laughs> before we jump in let's let's uh, have we'll get a quick intro from uh from aaron here oh so, sure of course uh aaron uh i know you from playing lots and lots of different board games uh, i think i've referenced it on this a few times there's a there's the annual game cabin are we four years into that now yep yep okay I was just thinking about that. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, head out for the weekend, make a lot of good food, play a lot of games. I, I think we've managed to set a quantity of games record each year. What, what was our last? Were you 20? Okay. Uh, I think I've lost. I think it's in the, I don't think we've hit 30, but I think we were, we're just shy high, 20s, yeah. high 20s, high yeah. 20s. And there's wow. a constant debate. Should we play less games and get really deep into the games or just continue on our speed uh speed game playing ways so yeah yeah so there's there's room for evolution uh and actually one (laughs) of these uh one of these is the one and only time i think prior to this starter set you've had exposure to uh to underworlds at the time it was just 
was just Shade Spire. I think it was just our very first year. We did a four-player, uh, set up a big board. Uh, <laughs> the best famous, way to learn this game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was not. It was not shining at its most uh, at its best. Uh, I, I know one of our one of the guys in our group famously despised <laughs> the game after the, we had uh, Gary running Garrick's Reavers, and I think they were all dead. Like, except for one after after like the first fa- or first round. Uh, <laughs> so he was like, "Well, what am I supposed to do now?" Like, <laughs> well. Just, play cards <laughs> bide your time i don't know um. yes i uh i as i every time i play the game now i think back on that game uh and i just remember davy you had the the rats which i yeah. i don't know anything about but i knew i know that you uh played like it felt like about 15 cards every turn <laughs> <laughs> and your rats could do all sorts of things. And I had the big um, Celestials, maybe? Yeah. Is that their name? And I was so far out <laughs> that I was spending every turn just trying to move closer to the action and never attacking anybody. <laughs> yeah. which, which actually works okay for those guys <laughs> sometimes, uh, just not dying. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Uh, if, if you were to kind of list off a few games that you were kind of some of your, your favorites, uh, all time and, and, uh, these days, what would you, what would you throw out? Well, I mean, you, you guys in the game cabin group introduced me to Imperial Assault and that, Mm -hmm. um, I think I, at that point I went from being kind of like a target game buyer or it's like, what's the game at target that people buy? Yeah. Uh, like Settlers of Catan or something like that, to like, uh, I can now go to the game store and not just be confused about what's at the game store. <laughs> I can like look at an end cap and be like, that's my jam right there. And yeah. Um, so yeah, Imperial Assault definitely was the game that brought me in to like miniatures and, and all of the strategy games. Wow. So it's been like four years from like buying at Target to trolling, uh, uh, with crowdsourcing websites for uh, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> like, uh, seeing seeing what you can kickstart. I think you I think right, you... <laughs> right. Now I love the Kickstarter campaigns. <laughs> well, and I think I like that first game cabin. I don't know that I brought any games really. I might have mm. brought. I don't know if we played any games that I brought. Yeah. And now I'm the one that has to like. Be, be careful with how many games I bring. <laughs> yeah. Like Aaron, there's no more room for more games. So. Control yourself. Right, right, right. Um, cool. Uh, and I play a bunch with the with the kids. I've I've been doing uh, a lot of that actually. Uh, even even today, uh, we were trying some stuff out with the kids. So we we do a little trading back and forth too. Hmm. Um, but uh, you're also you're here not just on on your own behalf, but uh, your oldest is uh, was your your partner in plan. So there's a couple times where we're gonna have you fill in with some of his answers as well. So yeah, he's the he's the only one that can read right now. So he plays <laughs> the games where that is required. So. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, Important. <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. So. Um, Let's let's do the game over. And before Phil and I have played this for a long time, like you know, since the start, basically. So our attempt to like summarize what this game is gets pretty convoluted. If you were to try to summarize this game for somebody from the outside, um, I think I asked for if, if Sal could describe the game uh, and and you. So how how would you describe this game to somebody who is uh, unaware? Uh, well, Sal said it was uh, his sentence was complicated but fun. Um, All right, and he said, "Yeah, yeah." Um, And I I actually did like his answer. It's like there was so many different parts and so many things going on that it was hard to know everything. Hmm. But figuring that out was the fun part. Cool. Um, And I think I would say, like, I don't know. It's a good, just like I, I'm, I've only played it, I think, four times now, and it's just fun to try and kill things like that's my that's that's, it's a game where i get to kill things and that's roll dice and kill things so awesome um yeah so i think if if you if somebody's got uh some reference points from out 
outside. Um, let's say like a hex-based miniatures game. There's a deck building component. That one I was trying to figure out what the, I guess you'd call it a living card game because there's, there's no random yeah. element, right? Yeah, uh, it's, it's more like the, uh, there's there's some, it's like a Marvel, Marvel one where that's oh, yeah. similar. Um, yeah. And champions, uh, Marvel champions. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Um, we played a Cthulhu one that was really hard, and <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's been a number of these living card games where mm-hmm. you know what cards you're getting um, ahead of time, and I think that's the big difference is that it doesn't have randomized cards, which I think is, I mean, depending on your perspective, that's both a pro and a con, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think I drew a parallel. If, uh, if you're someone who's familiar with the uh, Imperial Assault Skirmish, you have miniatures, but also a set of cards that are affecting the game. Um, it, the, here, your team is kind of pre-built, although you have a ton of factions to pick from. Uh, and then you have the deck building component. And then another one our group got into is uh, Unmatched. Uh, Aaron, actually, that's yeah, an Aaron right. introduction. He, he brought that to us. And there, there you have like a kind of a pre-built team although they're much smaller there's only one one to five people like a, a, a fighter and their sidekicks and then a, a locked in deck the deck doesn't ever change uh with i think the exception of like one fighter can have some components change but uh so those if if you're familiar with those there's there's some comparisons you could draw there so um yeah and i just i mean the tactics of it are really like trying to figure out what Ta- like that's been the fun part like i'm trying to figure out what tactics work with with my team and what tactics that uh sal is trying to throw at me when he's playing the other side so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so uh, that actually segues pretty nicely here into our next section <laughs> go for it <laughs> yeah so so this next piece that we've got here is sort of talking about like uh you know, so it's we have the what is the game, but how do you actually win the game? And uh, obviously, for folks who know the game, you know that you're trying to score what is called glory. Uh, but but so you get glory in a couple different ways. But the main ones uh, is getting glory from getting kills for taking other fighters out, which sounds like that's maybe Aaron's favorite part. <laughs> uh, and then, and then you, like you said, the strategy part where you, you have your deck of objective cards um, where you're trying to figure out what do I want to do to score glory and what is my opponent trying to do and how can I try and deny them? Um, so I guess our question that we've got here is uh, how, how did you feel about each, each sort of part of that trying to win the game? Um, in in your uh few games you got to try out yeah well i think like what i've really enjoyed about the game is so i always play the uh are they the celestials am i saying that right or stormcaster stormcaster okay right right yeah so um I play those guys, and so I have my my three sort of long-range fighters, uh, um, and then I have Sleek, the little yeah. sort of support animal that, for me, runs he runs all over the board, um, <laughs> and I like to upgrade him because he can uh, make my other three guys do cool things. Nice. Um, and kind of what I've noticed is that as I pull my objectives, so I, you know, I get my three objectives. These are the things you can accomplish to win glory points. And then I get my five, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, power, power cards. cards. Power cards. Um, it's sort of like I start to build like, okay, well, this is what this round needs to look like. I need to yeah. move these guys. And it's sort of a little puzzle, I feel like, that each round I have to unlock. Mm-hmm. Um to figure out how I can get usually like one objective, maybe like two is, is incredible. Um, <laughs> and, and so, and yeah. And then there's sort of this series of like either uh, dice rolls that I'm really excited about, or I am just facing constant disappointment where I just see my, <laughs> my plans just unravel rather quickly. And so, oh, man, Especially with Storm of Celestis, who are like, you really <laughs> want to land those shots to inspire. And they oh, just... man. Yeah. 
So. Only getting one every round for fighter. It's like, oh, you miss those <laughs> shots and it, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, it does. It feels like, well, okay, that was my <laughs> first action. Now I'm in trouble. Let's see what uh, else I can put together because old Aphis the Brave missed his shot. So, <laughs> so that's, that's you know, you've got your objective deck and that's kind of giving you, like you said, it's giving you the the other set of things that you have to do. And it might be standing in particular spots or performing particular actions or, or uh, you know, rolling a particular thing. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that's uh, when, when you've got it. Um, uh, yeah. When you, you've got that in your hand, you, you've got to build that plan. I, I like that you said it was a solving the puzzle. Cause I've seen that actually from uh, some uh, very veteran players. Like uh, I think uh, Jonathan over on, uh, path to glory like he uses that term a lot when he's talking about yeah uh, setting up his term so or, or uh cracking the code on a particular warband so uh yeah that's yeah. cool that it came across in four four games cool so. cool yeah so i think uh that leads us pretty well into continuing to talk about what what's in the decks like what do we get here um so as we talked about you have your objective deck um and and we've sort of mentioned it here, but we so this this box comes with two pre-built warbands, or well, two pre-built decks for two warbands, and then the models for those warbands. So we've got the Stormcast Eternals, and we've got some ghosts. Uh, so we've got Dreepers, Wraith Creepers, and uh, oh man, I don't Storm remember. Storm of Celestis, the... I think they are. Yeah, Storm of Celestis. Yeah. yeah. I just couldn't remember his name. <laughs> um, and so each of them has pre-built decks. So the nice thing, or I guess I shouldn't say that, uh, Aaron, did, how did you feel about there being pre-built decks for you to use straight out of the box? Uh, well, I really appreciated that. Um, it just took kind of that, that uh, like we also, I also play Destiny a lot, that Star Wars sure. uh, dice game. Um and Pokemon, because uh, my, all my kids love Pokemon. Um, and so that's, you know, you have to go through the process of building and like, how many of these do I need? And is this going to be balanced? And then usually you're playing a couple games where you're like, well, I blew that I blew that call. Like I'm completely unbalanced. My deck makes no sense. So <laughs> that was really nice not to have to do that. And just like every card that came up was probably, I think, I feel like every time I pull a card, it's applicable for in some way. So sure. I really appreciated the pre-built decks. Yeah. I remember, uh, one of our game cabins, we tried doing a, uh, destiny draft. We had a whole bunch <laughs> and I had not played very much. And I, I think I got kind of grouchy part of the way through. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like I have no idea what I'm building. And you know, like, I guess I'll just throw this stuff together. And I had exactly that where then we were playing with them afterwards. I'm like, well, this, this is just absurd that I put this in. That's good. <laughs> exactly. Like you said, there's a lot going on in this game. And so it's, it's, uh, it's a good, good place to start um and it's a it's a give gives gives a, a fine game to have uh have them pre-built and once you're more comfortable you can start branching out a little uh phil well, you want to talk about what's in those decks or uh sure yeah so i mean as as uh as we talked about you've got your objective deck so you've got 12 objectives for each of these war bands um and then you've also got their power cards. And so you get 10 of each type of power card. Um, so the different types of power cards being that you've got ploys that you can play, well, gambits, I guess, specifically. But for folks who are <laughs> wanting to dive further into the game, there's actually two different types of gambits. And each of these decks only comes with ploys. Uh, mm. they, they don't rely on any spell casters. So you don't get any of the spell cards. Um, and I think that's just as a... They just leave that out because it's an extra type of dice and it's just one extra layer that you don't have to worry about uh, to start things off. So you get your your 10 gambits, which are only ploys, and then you get your 10 upgrades. Hmm. Um, and so I guess uh, it, it bears mentioning that to play your upgrades, uh, you do have to pay glory to be able to pay your upgrades. So um Aaron, in, in your few games you got to try out, how how did it sort of feel as you started to build up through the game, playing upgrades, playing ploys? Did you start to like 
feel out like when it made sense to upgrade which fighter i know you, you mentioned uh upgrading the the griffhound and giving him yes. some bonuses yeah well i'm so far like um what i've n- noticed about the storm casters is they like there are some upgrades that i'm like well, do I need more range on these guys? I feel like I cannot like range four, like, all right, I guess. Um, and then, so there's been, there's a, there's a few cards that I'm like, I don't, I think I'm missing the, missing the reasoning here of why these are in here. Some of these. Um, and so, so yeah, so I kind of just upgrade as much as I can. Uh, cause I don't, I'm not sure exactly what to do. Um, but the, the one that I've sort of been able to understand a little better is the Griffhound and his upgrades. Um, the loyal companion upgrade is I think my favorite because uh, <laughs> it lets me, um, I get to move him like when it's not his turn, which usually I guess yeah. one of like ca- capturing the objectives um, yeah. and capturing like certain spots on the board uh, yeah. can be really hard with these guys. Cause they only have a, uh, I feel like is hard. Like they only have a movement of three, and I always feel like I'm either on the place where I need to go or I'm one short. Oh, yeah. um, and so the Griffhound lets me sort of push people around or like catch up with people to jump on those spots or catch up with my other guys. So I guess I like the upgrades that give me more options. Solid. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been. I. I it's fun hearing like the sort of perspectives you've been able to build off of these first few games out of the starter box because you're like starting to see how some of these cards can like work together to help you build towards your strategy and then also having some of these cards where it's like why does this even (laughs) why is this even in here and and i think and i mean maybe davy you've got a different perspective but i think there are some cards in all of the pre-built decks that are just kind of like it's here for flavor and, and it's not really necessarily helping you towards your end goal. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And that's some of the, some of the next step is figuring out which cards you yeah. call, which cards you drop in favor of something else. Uh, and some, some are in their, you know, in the current configuration, not all that useful, but if you were to combine them with something else, then all of a sudden they do get. So, um, that's, that's yeah. Kind yeah. Of the, the next. yeah. 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 I do get a feeling like either I don't know what the strategy is or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's fair. Um, like I think it takes a little while to start to be able to put together a more coherent strategy than I'm just going to play my cards and hopefully be able to like kill all my opponents guys. <laughs> um, and I think that's where you're supposed to start really. Like, yeah. You just get the feel for the basic mechanics. Um, and I guess maybe just as a question, like how, how do you feel you came out uh, getting the basic mechanics figured out through playing just the starter set? Did, does it feel like it had enough there for you to start to get a good grasp of the basic mechanics? Yeah, actually, I um, like just learning the uh, like the roles, like, uh, you know, what is a crit and if they have a crit and what if we don't have any crits and what's the half shield symbol and the full, sh- like figuring out the roles I think is what slows me down the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and even I would say like at this point, whenever a card comes up that says like you have, you can get cleave on this next role. I mean, that's like at this point for me is like too far where I'm just like, all right. <laughs> All right, we're going to have to go to the glossary. I don't know. Please. Yeah. The problem is my son seems to be able to pick up and remember all of that stuff <laughs> on his first exposure, which it takes me about four exposures. So he's like, it means this. And I'm like, okay, well, I just want to check. And so he rolls his eyes like, all right, you can check. Oh, uh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an interesting point because when the game first came out, they didn't have as much shorthand. Um, They wrote a lot of the rules longhand on all the cards. And so it meant having a lot more just sort of wasted or duplicated text. And I think they've been trying to streamline. But as you say, it then also means there's a lot more of that lexicon that you really have to get in your head 
because then you're like, oh, man, here's this keyword that I know is supposed to mean something to me. Let me go find my rule book so I can figure out what that means. Yeah. I think the other thing is that the very first release, the the season one Shadespire, uh, the complexity of those war bands was was substantially lower than these. I mean, it, the Wraith Creepers yeah, have a lot no, of that's true. reaction. They're surfing all over the place. Like, it's no wonder that you feel like the Stormless Lessus are pretty slow when you've got the Wraith Creepers like just <laughs> like just Super going wherever memory. they want to go. It feels like most of the time, you know. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, it's interesting. I, I I would say like when I saw this come out, I was like, oh, wow, it's kind of a bold move. They they put more reactions and more more special text on there than uh, I might have expected for what what's supposed to be the um, like an evergreen. So this is supposed to be always legal in the all formats, and it's supposed to always always be there hmm. uh, from season to season to um, for people to get in. This is like the the stepping off point. So I guess this is actually something I was curious about, um, and it's pretty well related to this topic is was there anything about the game while you were playing and learning that you felt like it's like man this is just it's over my head i can't quite figure out what this means or like there's this rule that we know we're supposed to be using but it's just like maybe not being clarified enough yeah um i'm still a like I get when I do my action, like I do my move, my charge, uh, got that. But then there's that, um, I, is it called the power step? Like that, yep. the, that part, like I'm like, all right, I know things are supposed to be happening and I feel like <laughs> that's when I play my gambit, my ploy, maybe my upgrade cards. I'm not sure exactly how that's supposed to work because it seems like there's a lot of cards that are, you know, trying to coach me on like immediately after or at during your power step. And um, so I feel like I should have a stronger grasp on that, but I feel like every time I get to the power step, I'm kind of flipping through the rule book to be like, now is it his turn? Is it my turn? Do we just keep going? How <laughs> sure. many of these can I do? Cause can I, I feel like the yeah. first time I played Davey, he played like 15 <laughs> cards during this step. I don't remember how that works, but yeah. Yeah. That part's been hard to kind of, yeah, it's constantly confusing to me. So, sure. Uh, well, yeah, that's, that's so that's interesting because uh, I think that is one of the things that takes a while to figure out is just, and that goes along with the deck building too, uh, because eventually you're starting to like plan out what cards you want to play as you're building the deck to say like, well, I know I can play these in this time and this, mm-hmm. and you know, it's going to work towards this stuff. Um, so I guess, do you feel like, I mean, after playing, it sounded like four games, do you feel like you're wanting to start to branch into the deck building aspect so you can start to like plan out the cards or do you feel like you're not quite there yet? Well, I think, um, so Sal, my son asked for, um, he said, hey, you know, for my birthday, get me a, get me a war band. And so I went and I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I, I picked one out that looked kind of cool, uh, which was the Grimma's Snarl Fangs, which I think, Dave, you, you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like maybe it was a good pick. Um, <laughs> but then I was just kind of before the podcast, I started looking through the deck and I was like, oh, oh, there's <laughs> some, these guys have some cool stuff. Like it looks like some multiple attacks and some poisoning. Like I'm not exactly sure how it works, but um I am, uh, well, but Sal's going to beat me up with him. So I'm no, I don't know why I'm excited about it, but I guess I'm excited to get trashed by, by my son. So, Hey, it's all in the name of the game. (laughs) But yeah, as I start to kind of learn the, like, yeah, I can see the, the excitement of picking up a new war band and being like, Oh my God, this guy does these things, which I've never even thought about before. So. Yeah, that's where that, uh, like you were saying earlier, like the puzzle. Cause it, to me, it's like each each new warband is like, okay, here's a new puzzle that I get to work on. Yeah, like the the puzzle, the deck to put together, and then like, how do they actually? You know, because some can get pretty complicated. Rippers is an interesting one. Uh, they have some real powerful cards. Uh, yeah, but it's because like, on the face of it, they're the fighters themselves are maybe not great until they upgrade. Uh, they, they're they're kind of 
they look like they don't do all that much until you yeah. actually yeah, start yeah, to yeah. unlock them and they they really kind of unfold for you so uh yeah that's that's kind of the the fun is when when you're ready for a new puzzle you just kind of scoop another war band up mm-hmm. and and maybe i don't know if you're starting to feel like okay i've played these guys like this many times maybe i want to try something new but i do feel like that's that's maybe one of the fun aspects of this game is once you have a larger stable of warbands, you can be like, well, I'm tired of playing this play style. I want to try something different. And then you can play something that's completely on the other end of the spectrum in terms of what you're trying to do. Um, I feel like it can help keep the game fresh. And I don't know if you've, maybe you've like passed warbands back and forth to try and get that different experience, or has it pretty much been stay in your lane and keep, <laughs> keep working on the same one warband? I th- well, so far I've just been working with the stormcasters. Just well, I get because it's still sort of like this process of like disappointment for me as I go through my turn, <laughs> where I'm like, oh, well, I really played that poorly, and I I was four away. I thought I was three. Like that was re- like so. I'm still like uh, trying to figure them out. Or I think Sal is definitely ready to move on to other guys. Like he seems to have come up with his strategy and, uh, he, I think he's ready for new strategies where I'm not there. So (laughs) he just, he loads up the, uh, Viceroy and just has the Viceroy come and chop up all my guys is kind of what his move is. That sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, that sounds familiar. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm always on the receiving end of that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So that, that pretty much gets us to a lot of the stuff like that's in the box. Uh, the only other things that we haven't really talked about are the boards and tokens and such. Uh, so I guess one other piece of learning this game is understanding how you set up the boards. Uh, how, how did that process go for you and your son? Did you feel... Did you feel like you started to like integrate the board into your strategy or was it more just like, I know I need a board, so I'm just going to put a board down. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, I could definitely recognize like looking at the boards, like those, uh, the spots where you can't move and like the placement at the beginning, I'm like, okay, I should be thinking about certain things, certain tactics here, but I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, And that, I think even like pulling the, you know, pulling everything out of the box, Davey kind of warned me, he's like, what, you know, like there's this stuff, there's the lore stuff, you know, don't get, that's a lot. So you don't have to get into it. And I'm like, ah, he didn't know what he's talking about. I'm going to read this lore. And of course I read it and was like, what is happening? (laughs) I'm like, oh man, this seems, yeah. Um, so that I, I think after reading that, I was, uh, I was like, okay, I'm in trouble. Um, and then, and some in the way the rule book does, they kind of go with like paragraphs um, mm-hmm. to explain things, which uh, sometimes can get hard. Uh, like, like okay, I've got this paragraph of stuff. Like, I, I'm not sure what I need out of this paragraph. Like, I don't think I need everything. Uh, so there's yeah. a process of kind of figuring out. But I watched. Um, Oh, learn, watch it played, I think. And that was, that was really helpful. And once to like help me figure out how to set up the board and like set up all the tokens and everything. So that, yeah, I kind of went in over my head and then had to sort of rewind and watch some videos. Sure. Yeah. But no, not incorporating any uh, strategy (laughs) through the board at this point. Sure. Did you feel like there was, so the, the box comes with two double-sided boards. So you essentially have four choices of boards. Do you feel like that was enough to get you started? Um, I think, if I remember correctly, back, you know, wind the wheels back way back when, uh, that the original starter set only came with, did it come with no, just one board? It had to come with two because otherwise you couldn't play. You got you to be able to, it was two, You're right. two double-sided. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same, I guess, but uh, <laughs> did, did, how, did you feel like it was enough variety for you to 
I guess that's the other question there. It's like, was there enough to play with? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think so. I think, um, I think at, at this point it would be anything more would be probably, uh, like it would just be like extra stuff that I wouldn't, you know, just, I would slowly start to understand why they would include more variety. Mm. Um, but f- definitely through these first four games, um, I, what they've provided in terms of the board and, and choices there is, is fine yeah. or is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just I, as we're talking, I'm starting to think about, well, maybe I should think about where I set people up at the beginning. <laughs> there, there is a, there is a, a lot of depth in the um, strategy of how you set up the boards, where you put the objectives. And yeah. a lot of that comes from knowing what to expect from the other war band and like making some guesses as to what they've got in their objective deck and all that sort of thing. But that's, yeah, that's, that's one right. of the, that's one of the, you know, like you said, there's the complication of the complexity um, where, where it's a fairly complicated game. Um, but it does, it does allow for some pretty, uh, pretty substantial depth as far as um, that goes. So there's, it feels like there's, there's a lot, I've played a ton and I uh, kind of don't hold a candle to some of the guys who are uh, men and women who, who uh, play a lot more um, and have, have a, deeper understanding of um of the game so that's uh Mm -hmm. it's cool to have that like room to grow i guess has been my experience with it so yeah yeah i mean i think i think it's fair to say that the the game is is deep uh rather than broad although it's kind of broad i guess too um and and i think i think by having that deck building aspect it ends up being a little bit like magic where it's like the starter decks it's like yeah i can figure this out and then you like jump into the deep end and you're like oh my there is so much here (laughs) uh how am i ever gonna learn all of this um and and i I guess i would say to folks who are interested in the game like if if you like the strategy and the deck building with something like magic the gathering like if you want to stick with this game there is more than enough to keep you occupied i (laughs) My uh, my Discord channels would tell me that people talk about this <laughs> literally twenty four seven. So, uh, <laughs> if, yeah, silence those notifications if you want to yeah, sleep. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, I mean, so I guess it's it's maybe a little silly to ask, but like, did you come out of this with a favorite warband? It sounds like you really only got to play uh, just just one of the two, but. Do you, do you have a preference or are you really just sort of stuck with the one? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, looking across at, at what uh, Sal is usually doing and how he thwarts me, I don't know if it's a grass is greener at this point, but I, I feel like his warband is much, uh, is much stronger than mine. Um, and I think like, I, for me, like if I were to start customizing, I think the, the Stormcasters, I think it, like the way I like to play is kind of cagey and, mm. um, and I would probably load them up with defense and uh, move them back and just lob shots at the other guys. Um, and I think if I were to be able to start customizing and start um, creating that kind of deck, I would like I could definitely see uh, this as being one of my favorite war bands. I, I don't know exactly if that's possible if, if as you get more into it, but um, that's what that's probably what I would I, I would enjoy that kind of a play. Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely is possible. And I, okay, I think okay. that shows that you're picking up on what they can do. Um, I don't know that anybody's really like delved deeply into them yet, just because yeah. uh, I think the Stormcast, you mentioned they're kind of slow and um I think a lot of the Stormcast warbands have all kind of had that same problem, um, if you want to call it a problem. I think I think any of these factions can all be fine, and they can all play well. Um, but I do think they do they get left uh, maybe to the wayside for those same reasons. But but I I think you're definitely right in in feeling like you could sort of turtle up with them and uh, build kind of a fortress strategy. So it's it's cool to see that even even just in four games, you can start to feel like that's a thing that you could build towards. So one other thing that I wanted to get 
get your uh, opinion on or just just know how did it go for you. So the the game. So we've talked about all the different pieces of the game and some of the different mechanics of the game for actually sitting down and playing through a game. Uh, how how did it feel? How long did it take? You've got your you know three rounds and four different activations and all the power steps and reactions in there. Like, how was the flow? How long did you feel like you needed to actually sit down, set up, play through a game? That's a that's a good question. Um, I think I I want to say that we can knock out a game in about 45 minutes uh, but i've never i don't know if i've looked at the clock when i've done it sure. um yeah but yeah i think and i think it could be pretty fast uh if like if i were if i knew what i was doing but um <laughs> at this point like uh you know with the like referencing the rules book and everything i, I feel like maybe we're 45 minutes to an hour on a game um yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, they the uh, it kind of advertises as a as you could do it in thirty minutes. Uh, it takes like pretty pretty crisp uh, experience play to get down to thirty, and even even players who've uh, play a lot uh, in a tournament setting probably don't get down to thirty all that often. Some some do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. I I I tell people at our league that like people who are sort of aspiring to go to bigger tournaments. And I know that that's sort of the direction they want to go in. Mm -hmm. I've, I've started to tell them, okay, let's try and play at like tournament speed. And so they're like, okay, so like an hour, 45 minutes. And I'm like, well, no, no, no. You got three three games in an hour and a half. So, Oh wow. You know, you're, you gotta be able to aim for 30. And if you go a little over, it's okay because, you know, usually it's a best of three, so you may not play three games. But yeah, that's that's a fair point that we haven't made. Is that uh, in a tournament environment, this game is usually a best of three, with the intention of kind of evening out some of the uh, the variance with how your deck draws or how your dice go. And then mm-hmm. there's a fun aspect there of, uh, in your case, you guys are playing with pre-built decks, so you have a sense of, you know, as, as the as you play more and more games, you have a sense of hey, uh, Sal's trying to do this with his wraith creepers and. He's got, okay, you know, uh, right. Pop's trying to do this. And so that same sort of thing is happening on the fly during a tournament where you're like, oh, all right, they brought this faction, which normally does this thing, but he, he's, they've kind of got this twist on it. So in game two, I'm going to try and work against that. Um, so that's a, that's another aspect that gets roped in. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see that adding a lot. Like if we were playing multiple games and I knew to take out the Viceroy as soon as possible, like, sure. uh, yeah. 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 Well, solid. So, so I mean, that, that sounds like, you know, covering all the bases, you're figuring out all the different pieces you're playing in a, you know, normal amount of time. It's not like it's taking an inordinate amount of time. Uh, I guess before we, we've got just some general questions, but before we dive into that, like, do you just have a general opinion of the game after having tried out just from the starter set? Yeah. I mean, I, I can definitely see myself, I think um, I can see myself going further, purchasing, picking up more war bands. Um, I think with just like Warhammer in general is pretty intimidating uh, coming Fair. at it from the outside, um, right? Like with all, the, like with the model. Like if you walk in and see a Warhammer display, you're like, "Whoa, this is uh, this is a <laughs> lot!" Like I'm going to be painting all this, and like what's um, so. I would say like this was a good way to like put my toe in and like start to understand like this intense lore that is going on with the game uh, or at least to just know that there is an intense lore going on with the game (laughs) Um, and then start to get this idea of like, okay, there's these war bands and, and I can have fun by purchasing new ones and each war band does not appear to be, you know, they're like, 30 20 30 dollars like that that won't break the bank which i think was is sort of uh was maybe my wall about getting into warhammer was like i've already sunk a bunch of money into imperial assault like (laughs) am what am i gonna go and you know am i gonna start spending money on something else so this was one that kind of like like 
carries you in and says, here's your path forward. And it's not going to crush you to like get really into this game. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, so there's two things there that I, I think are, are worth mentioning further. But, um, so I think there is an affordability if you just want to yeah. just be able to play the game. Now, I think it's fair to mention that if you're going to try and play at like the highest level of competitive play, there tends to be certain cards that you need. And because the cards only come in like certain packs, you kind of end up needing to buy a good amount of them. Um, so so there is sort of this spectrum of like, if I just want to be able to play the game and have fun, I can pick up just the stuff that I want and just, you know, not really care about being super competitive and I just get to go roll some dice. On the other hand, if you feel like you need right. to buy every single pack <laughs> that comes out, you're buying year round just to have all the cards. So um, yeah, yeah. there is a, a range of money to be spent on this and you can sort of get off the carousel wherever you feel is appropriate. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there, there's the hobby side as well, um, which I think is something that's that's worth mentioning here. I mean, you said, you know, Warhammer maybe is a bit intimidating, but I, I know when I uh, I brought the figures over or when I brought the box over, I also brought like uh, a set of tools as like, hey, you're going to mm -hmm. need these clippers, this knife, this glue, because uh, I think if I'm correct, this is kind of the first I, I think maybe I got you one other. Was it? Uh, yes. Director krennic or yep. something like that yeah that, that might have been your first model that you you had to like actually assemble assemble and so uh i think what phil was getting at here is like what what did you think of the the miniatures like as far as you know appearance and then assembly and all that sort of that full aspect the hobby aspect because you you uh you have painted your entire imperial assault set which is a substantial accomplishment and uh that was a lot so. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you're you uh you've gone from like not painting anything to painting a ton uh of stuff uh, you know for for different things so what, what was your take on the miniature aspect uh well the the initial miniatures with the ones in the box they were they were cool and they're um they're different enough like the storm chasers, the storm chasers kind of look the same to me. Um, and it seemed, I, I wasn't excited about them as much as I was the, uh, glaive wraiths, I think is what they're called. Um, those guys look like they would be really fun to paint. Like you could pick some, some cool, uh, colors to dress those guys up. And then the new, the Grima, the Snarlfang Rippa's, Snarl Rippa's, Rippa's, yeah. yeah. yeah um those miniatures are really cool i like They're kind of amazing yeah the fur on the wolves like yeah. that is that is cool and then their little goblin faces um <laughs> i really appreciate yeah. that because they yeah that looks very like kind of lord of the rings like old school old school goblin faces like impish kind of yeah for sure and and so i guess uh so you, like you said, sort of dip your toe in the water here. Do you feel like there's an avenue here for just just building on the hobby side and like feeling like this is a good avenue for starting to figure out if you like modeling or painting? Yeah, I think, right, it's going to be sort of that process of like, I think, you know, if you were to pick it up and then I think the first time you bring it home, you're going to be like, oh, wait, I got to go figure out these, uh, what are the tools that I need to pick up? Um, and then what's the, what's the stuff that you put in the cracks in the model? Uh, uh green stuff, green yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, I could definitely like, oh, well I'll have to learn about green stuff because all my model, <laughs> like I didn't <laughs> like, it's kind of hard to get it right on the, on the perfect like fit for the models, I think. I think yeah, I was off yeah. a little bit on mine. Um, but yeah, I think it's an easy way. And cause they're only like three or four people per pack. Like it's not an exhaustive amount. Like it's, uh, that you feel like, Oh my gosh, I've got so much to paint. It's like three guys and there's enough variation and, uh, kind of get to get some fun tools. And, um, yeah, I think it, it's, a the way they've done it is a good, a good way to bring you in and not overwhelm you again with 
with the hobbying side, make it more uh, approachable. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that that is definitely part of the uh, the approach there is to have it be a, an easier entryway. So I'm glad that it works out that way for you. Um, so we've asked, I mean, we sort of covered a lot of the questions here. I think the only things we've got left are just some of the uh, questions of like, uh, what were some of your favorite moments, uh, favorite parts of playing the game? Um, and then uh, any any feelings on like how how does it do for replayability if you just have the starter box? Um, okay. Um, I think well, you know, I I didn't mention this. We did. I did mention that the first time I played against Davy, uh, <laughs> all this stuff. Well, you didn't mention the result. Like uh, <laughs> I ended up I ended up winning that uh, match and. Uh, it was like the entire time my guys are just trying to get to the fight and we finally got to the fight. And then I had some, I don't know how I did it, but I had the right objective cards. Uh, and so I think my favorite all time memory was when Davey kind of looked at me when we realized what the score was and he was <laughs> like, what the, and I was like, Oh, Oh, that was genuine. Like he didn't see that coming. All right. All right. That feels good. Um, so yeah, I think that was my favorite memory overall but um and i think in in playing with this um is i (laughs) it's the process of uh sal loading up his viceroy (laughs) and me being like i I can sense myself doing it where i'm like wait what does that card say again and and what card do you have and wait what is that and he's like very patiently and, you know, he's, he just turned 10. Like, he's just very patiently, like, <laughs> taking me through the process as he gets this bigger and bigger smile on his face where I'm like, oh, my God, you just wiped out my guy. Because he's, uh, he's a one-shot kind of guy. Like, if he can build up a guy to, to, to do it in one shot, like, that's his, that's mm. his favorite kind of guy to play. So Picking up on uh, the popular strategies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I think that's been my where I get to just uh, watch him sort of decimate me and and have a lot of joy on his side. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, is that was that uh, Sal's favorite moment? I think uh, some of his questions were were on that. And did he have a a favorite moment? Was it was it just the flip side, the mirror of that? <laughs> it, <laughs> pretty much. Mean? Yeah. 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 I think. He mentioned, I don't know exactly what the card does, but he mentioned the murder pack upgrade. And he's like, if I can get the murder pack on my (laughs) visor, I'm like, and now I'm kind of looking at that card like, oh my God, that does do a lot of stuff, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like hearing your 10 year old talk about murder pack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I just love those murder packs. (laughs) I can get into a murder pack, Dad. Everything's going to be all right. Awesome. Well, I, yeah. In unless I missed anything, I think I think we pretty much ran it all down. Davey, did you have any other uh, questions or any other bits of the box you wanted to cover before we wrapped up here? No, I think we've kind of uh, hit everything in in context, one way or the other. Uh, Aaron, do you have any more thoughts you wanted to share on it, or should we uh, start to wrap this thing up? Uh, well, the only other thing, like I. Uh, I'm getting the sense that as I looked at, uh, I think tomorrow Sal is going to take out Ripa's snarl fangs and, and lay waste to me, um, <laughs> which will lead to me doing a little bit of research and buying my next war band. <laughs> then. So there I'm like, go. okay, I, I see how it's going to work here. Right. Like yeah. this is, it's just going to be a arms race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited for that. Awesome. All right. Cool. That's actually a good segue because we, we talked about if, if you're someone who is new to this or someone who's just starting out, you may be wondering what's next on here. And uh, Aaron's already talked about it here. Uh, it's They've made it pretty easy. You can grab a grab a warband and uh, it will come with a pre-built deck. So you don't have to, you know, there are two stacks wrapped up. One, so like Ripa's will come with, here's, here's 32 cards. They are uh, it's a pre-built deck for Ripa, and then here's some universals that you can then mix into any deck that you have. 
Uh, and part of what gives any war band its flavor is not just their fighters, but the cards that are specific to that war band. Um, mm -hmm. So there's that. Another uh, real good uh, buy early on is there's a essentials pack, uh, which are uh, uh, 60, 60, Phil? Am I right? 60 yeah, cards? 60, I want to say. I've, I've got the box right here. All right. Uh, <laughs> 60, 60 cards uh, that uh, are, you know, if, if, tournament legal is a is a thing that's important to you they are they're evergreen as well um but they they give there are a lot of cards that are just generally useful uh and so that's a real uh easy thing to pick up and they're they've kept the complexity on those relatively low so they're they're a real good companion for mm. the starter set or whatever war bands you pick up and uh, uh if you're sharing like you guys are then you guys get to fight over, <laughs> fight <laughs> right. over the, the cards themselves so yeah um and the only thing I'd, I'd say is, uh, each season, uh, each, each year is a new season. Uh, each season they have a, uh, box set to start it off. And those are usually pretty good value too. They have a lot of universals. They have some new boards and they have two war bands and it's generally, uh, to pick that up. It's a, it's, and the, the two war bands end up being kind of cheaper than buying two separately. Um, so it's a thing to keep your eye out for, uh, if they particularly appeal to you. But I, I think the cool thing is you can just, find a war band that you like the models for and, and, uh, throw it into the mix. So cool. Definitely. Um, yeah. So you got anything to add there? Yeah. I think the only other thing is that if you, as a new player, if you really do just love the game and you find that you really want to dig in more, um, uh, one know that there are some additional, uh, things that come along with jumping into the more competitive side of the game. Um, there's some resources on Games Workshop's website for uh, cards that are restricted. Um, so as you're building decks, eventually you do have to worry about uh, certain certain limitations um, to what cards you're allowed to include. Um, so that's, that's sort of like maybe three steps uh, down the line here but if, <laughs> if you if you find that you really like the game and you want to sort of progress in that direction um that's sort of the next piece to look at um and and i guess then the other side of that is that you, you if you get into that side of the game you do then have to start to think about um plotting out like what purchases make sense. Um, the mm. game does like, so Davey referenced that our seasons and in the competitive side going along with those seasons, they also rotate the cards out. So you have right. a, this, this sort of shifting set that you're allowed to play with. Um, just similar to, if you, if you're familiar with magic, the gathering at, yep, at the right. high levels of, of that competitive thing, they'll rotate what season or not seasons, but what, what sets of cards. So. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly the same concept, and it's just uh, when you get to that point, it's good to know like yeah. where are we in a season? Like, do you necessarily yeah. want to go and pick up something? Mm -hmm. that you, the, like, the caveat uh, being that all the war bands, like yep. uh, from from the very start of the game, all the war bands and the war band specific stuff are are all valid. So um, yeah, you, um, unless they change something, picking up Rippas, you'll be able to play Rippas for the rest of the life of the game. Hmm. Um, so. Yep. Yep. So, so you can always play the war bands you like, uh, and there will just be some card rotation that happens. So, uh, that kind of gives you your, your easy, your easy path if you want to continue through the game. Uh, but that's all I've got. Any yeah. other thoughts? No, I think we can close it out. All right. Well, as always, if you would like to get in touch with us for, to share any of your thoughts or anything else that you'd like to let us know, um, you can reach us on Twitter at WTHCast or WhatTheHexCast at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to learn any more about this lore stuff that we were talking about or any <laughs> other uh, this deep dive into the Warhammer universe, feel free to check out all of our other content uh, at TheMortalRealms.com. Uh, we, as, as we mentioned, Dogs of War Cry is hopefully going to be starting up soon. So if you are interested in what this War Cry thing might be, or if you're already a fan, go check those out. Uh, some good listening there. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks also. We have some patrons. Uh, Patreons? Patrons? I'm never sure what the noun is, yeah. but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, they, we, we kind of keep it as a, as a general pool so people contribute to the network as a whole. 
Uh, and that's, that's been pretty awesome. Um, so thanks. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously if, if you're interested in joining the Patreon, uh, that that's greatly appreciated, but think of it as a tip jar. There's never anything expected. Um, and, and if you just are a fan of the show and you'd like to show that, we also have some merch. Uh, you can buy a t-shirt or a sweatshirt if you'd like for any of the different shows. Uh, you can also find yes. those linked out at themortalrealms.com. Um, coming up next, what what are what are we doing, Davey? I, I think we're still keeping it pretty loose here. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see where the spirit moves us. Um, kind of <laughs> depends on what what uh, guests we get available and uh, what uh, what we what we want to do. So we're we're gonna keep it uh, keep it fresh, keep it surprising. Yeah, keep you on your toes. Uh, I guess uh, in in that in that vein, we are so we are coming up to the end of a season. Well, we're at the end of a season here, I guess. Really, we we had the last warband drop uh, probably about a, what a month ago now. Um, so, so we've obviously been covering a lot of the different war bands and all the different releases that came out in the past six months or so. Uh, but if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about, or if there's any topics that we have already talked about and you'd like us to talk about more, uh, let us know, let us know what you'd like to hear, because ultimately, um, you as the listeners are the, the ones that we're <laughs> trying to you know, cater this content for, uh, and I guess on the topic of listening to things, Davey, do you have a recommended listening for this episode? That was a, that was a pro level segue. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Uh, recommended listening. Uh, Welcome to the Occupation by uh, Ariane from Document. Nice. Well, for this episode of What the Hex, I've been Phil. I've been Davey. I've been Aaron. mostly because like i i need fuel for my outtakes really early on when we started doing this i would like <laughs> it, we were pretty bad and so there'd be a bunch <laughs> of outtakes that i'd put at the end we've, we've gotten better and so i don't actually have a ton of outtakes so i usually like try and lean something from the the pre-game chat <laughs> i set up a little chair roadblock at the basement door but i don't i don't think that's gonna do much he's gonna be like why is there all this stuff here that's just a challenge <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs>